Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Future Blue Podcast as part of Fans First Sports Network, the Block M Podcast Network. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, getting closer and closer to the college football season. It's been uh, a few weeks now for the recruiting dead period, but there still is news to talk about, hence why we're recording this this week. We've been off for a couple weeks just because the dead period is, has been in full swing, but we do have uh, you know, a co- uh, two commitments and one decommitment to talk about. Uh, so that is exactly what we are going to do today as we are just a couple short weeks away from the college football season starting. Let's bring in Tyler Seeley, my co-host here on the Future Blue podcast. Tyler, how are you doing? How you been since uh, we last uh, talked on the podcast, sir? Doing well, doing well. Not not much of a complaint at all. So uh, other than, you know, some of this news that we're going to talk about, but um, we're getting closer and closer to the college football season. So I can't say that I have much of a complaint at this point, other than the fact the weather just kind of does what it wants when it wants at this point. <laughs> uh, Whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, today waking up and letting letting the dog out very crisp fall is how it felt. I mean, obviously, yep. t- as of today, our recording day, it's August 15th. So we're definitely still, uh, you know, in the midst of summer, but it was a little gloomy in Michigan, definitely overcast, rainy, all that stuff, but it felt like fall. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really ready for it. I'm, I'm certainly, I already bought, uh, you know, some, some pumpkin creamer at the uh, grocery store. <laughs> I'm sure to, uh, to, to everybody is probably thinking, oh man, what's he doing that for? It's delicious. Get off my back. It uh, is good. It's, it's great. Um, so I'm, I'm all about it. All about the fall. Uh, I'm here for it, you know, um, here I for all of you. it. So good. Cool. I'm glad we're on the same page there. But uh, yeah, as uh, as I kind of alluded to at the uh, beginning of this podcast, going to talk about a couple commitments, but we're going to start with the decommitment. That is the most recent bit of news here for the Michigan Wolverines. This just happened over the weekend. They lost out on four-star edge rusher in the 24 class by the name of Elias Rudolph. He flipped his commitment from Michigan to Miami of all schools. He is... Uh, you know, six foot four, 215 pounds. He's originally from Ohio, but played his junior season in the state of Florida. Uh, so Miami was a little bit tardy to the party when it comes to his recruitment, but they were able to uh, win him back uh, after initially missing out on his top list because he initially had picked Michigan over Ohio State, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. There were a couple others in there, but those were like the main heavy hitters in his recruitment. So obviously anytime you see a decommitment in the class, it's not good news because uh, the team had taken his commitment and is a player that they envisioned having on their defense in the future. So it's obviously tough news. This isn't good news by any means. He's a four-star player uh, on the cusp of a top 200 prospect on uh 24 sevens composite. So uh, certainly not good news, especially when, he committed, uh, it was viewed as a big-time win on the recruiting trail over Ohio State at the time. So now, uh, you know, he uh, going back to the Sunshine State to play college football at Miami. So, uh, Tyler, uh, what was your reaction to this news? I, I certainly was a little bummed out. I'm sure you were as well. Yeah, definitely bummed out. I mean, Michigan does have Jacob Smith, the um, 2024 edge out of Cheshire, Connecticut. So that is uh, someone that 
that you know can still be there but you know it's definitely disappointing you do have owen wayful you do have dominic nichols and baxter as well devin baxter so i mean they're not thin at that position they do um seem to develop well at that position so yeah it's kind of it's kind of tough to see him go it's it's uh it reeks of um you know and i hate to say this but but it's it's Michigan and still needing to get this whole NIL thing figured out uh, because, you know, you do see decommitments like this. You're not seeing them in droves or anything like that. But when a school like Miami comes calling who, you know, they they are known for having a very, very crazy collective and, and a lot of money kind of dropping bags on people. This is kind of what happens. I mean, Miami kind of came out of nowhere with this, and they can do that with pretty much anyone they want to do this with if if, if those players are interested. Now, there is that, you know, caveat, well, if they're chasing the bag, then I don't want them. I kind of get that. But at the same time, if you don't adapt, you die on the vine. So, I mean, Michigan's really got to get their stuff together with this with this collective situation. I know they got Champion Circle that they launched recently. Valiant's done a pretty good job. They have some other collectives as well. But they really need to just kind of get the whole thing on the same page. Maybe stop with having four or five different collectives and maybe just just try and get one big one with some of the bigger boosters like Steven Ross or somebody like that uh, and go from there. Because you know what? You're you're losing out um, in, in a lot of situations to schools like Miami. And, and you don't really have a five-star unless you count Jaden Davis as a five-star so th- this is this is kind of where we're at with this. They, they've they've done a good job with NIL. They're just not on par with the Miamis or the Texases or even the Ole Misses. I saw an article not too recently that, or very recently, that Ole Miss had a very high collective. Are you kidding me? You're getting blown out in, in, in NIL by a school like Ole Miss? Give me a break. You're Michigan. We want to be leaders and best in everything. And so th- that's kind of where... I was I was disappointed, but at the same time, I understood because Michigan's NIL is just not where it's got to be at this point. Well, you saw it last cycle, too, with Collins Achiapong, yep. who is a, a four-star edge prospect in the 23 cycle. Uh, he had originally committed to Michigan and then decommitted and flipped to Miami, very much like what Elias Rudolph did uh, over the weekend. So, yeah, I mean, it all kind of goes to NIL and what you're saying um, yeah, I mean, it's been baby steps with Michigan for whatever reason. Uh, you know, you, you can speculate all you want. There's nothing like concrete public information, but it, it's it's just taken them a little bit longer than what uh, Ole Miss, like you said. I mean, their collective is uh, among the best, if not the best in the country. And then other places like USC and Texas A&M and uh, obviously Miami and uh, Louisville even, uh, and it looks like Missouri is doing a very good job with NIL in this recruiting cycle. They just had a, a five-star edge prospect commit the other day as well. So, yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 baby steps for Michigan, and you would certainly would have wanted it to be a little bit stronger at this time than it certainly is because it's been a couple of years now since NIL has been a thing. And uh, it's just taken a while for Michigan to, um, you know, get to uh, the same playing field as some of these other schools. Now, they're never going to just pay up front like some of these other schools do, like I'm sure Miami and USC and uh, potentially Florida with what they try to do with uh, Jane Rashada in the previous cycle. Texas A&M. And, and A&M. I mean, you could you could go up and down some of these. Well, that 12th schools. man collective that they that they used to get that number one recruiting cycle in the 2022 cycle 
is now um, being yeah. shut down by the by the IRS, I believe. So yeah. that's, <laughs> you know, I mean, like See, I said, this this is the Wild West, folks. I'll tell you right now, it's 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 just where we're at in college football. Yeah. It seems like we're getting closer to a resolution. But at the same time, it's like at this point, if you're not going to adapt and do the pay for play, well, you better get everything else in line. And it doesn't seem like Michigan has done that just yet. I know they're working on it. They're probably doing things under closed doors but but there's there just needs to be a faster rollout i feel like and that's kind of where i'll leave that yeah and and it's encouraging to see that they uh have officially partnered with the champion circle which is uh you mm-hmm. know jared jared wangler's uh whole startup with with uh, a valiant and and things along those lines, which it, it's nice. It's very good to see that uh, Ward Manual is uh, you know publicly on board with that, and they've partnered officially. So I mean, I think we're gonna start to see it increase uh, with each and every day now. Now that they've like partnered together with uh, the Champion Circle, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly going to negatively affect this class for sure, twenty twenty four. Um, and you know, obviously you hope that it's better for 2025 because if they miss out on, you know, just an example, like Bryce Underwood, five-star quarterback in the backyard to LSU, for example, who seems to be, you know, one of the two top schools for him, it's them in Michigan. Um, you know, if they lose LSU because of an NIL thing, then, you know, it's uh, it, it's huge trouble for Michigan for sure. But ho- hopefully it's better by that time in uh, the 2025 cycle and uh, we'll kind of just leave it there. But luckily for Michigan, despite Rudolph decommitting, the Wolverines still have a few four-star edge rushers in the class. You already mentioned Jacob Smith and uh, Dominic Nichols, Devin Baxter being the other one uh, along the edge that is committed uh, in this 24 cycle. Um, But the other thing that I wanted to bring up is, is a couple players that are listed as athletes that could potentially grow into edge players as well. And four-star Mason Curtis, four-star Jaden Smith. Both of those guys are about six foot four, over 200 pounds already. Um, It's not likely that they're ever going to be like a Hutch or a Mike Morris type edge, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that they bulk up into a Jalen Harrell type of edge rusher. Um, So I don't necessarily think Michigan needs to go after another edge prospect in this cycle. Um, it's it's kind of unknown at the moment if they're going to. I would imagine if they do, they'll probably wait on some high school senior season film to come out later this fall. And if there's like a senior year, uh, you know, explosion for a, a kid that just racks up a ton of tackles for loss and sacks and things along those lines, maybe they pivot to that. But uh, as of right now, I, I got a feeling that, they're just going to be fine regardless if they go after a kid or not, just because of those two defensive athletes that they have. And, you know, as long as everyone else stays locked in and signs their letter of intent in December, I think they would be okay. So it's good news that they've still got those players committed. I don't think this Rudolph D commitment is like the end of the world. Now, like I said earlier, it's not great news by any means, but I think Tyler, uh, they'll be just fine regardless of, what the next move is at edge in uh, this recruiting class. Oh, I think so. And talk about Jacob Oden. You talk about Jaden Smith. There are some bigger guys. Uh, 
Mason Curtis, I guess, is a little bit bigger than Jacob Odin. But, um, you know, Guinness to be able to have, you know, a two-star that, that that turns into a really good player. So Michigan has done a good job of developing at that position. I think that's a key. Um, they've been doing that for a while, uh, going back to even when Don Brown was the defensive coordinator. In Michigan. I don't know be any issues there i really don't I wouldn't complain it's it stinks that rudolph decommitted but i yeah. think that that they're still fine in in their you know in in this 2024 cycle i think it's late at this point um maybe another guy that decommits um I, at this point i think you kind of are where you're at yeah yeah i i, I tend to agree with you because there's a guy that is still out there that, you know, I, I saw some Michigan fans talking about that's four-star Brian Robinson. That's I don't think that's going to happen, guys. I, I think that ship has kind of sailed. I don't think Michigan's recruiting him anymore, and I think they're kind of dead set on either locking in the class of, of edge prospects that they have right now, or, you know, it, we'll see if there's a decommitment down the road or, you know, if they're able to flip anybody if they want someone that bad. But honestly, I, I think they're they're kind of good um, w- with where they're at. So we'll, we'll kind of just leave it at that and flip over to another uh, defensive uh, discussion here on the podcast to round out the podcast for today. Going from the edge to the cornerbacks. And uh, Tyler, since the last time we recorded... You know, Michigan, they lost Elias Rudolph to decommitment, but they did pick up two other commitments in the class, both at the cornerback position. Back on August 1st, uh, Michigan had picked up uh, the first commitment at the cornerback position in the 24 cycle. His three-star Josiah Edmond listed at 6'1", 180 pounds from the state of Indiana. He is ranked number 723 overall. On the composite, number 65 at the corner position, number eight from his home state, was originally committed to play for Purdue, decommitted back on August 1st, and then announced his commitment to Michigan later that evening. Uh, He visited Michigan uh, to participate in a football camp back in July, which is where he impressed the coaching staff, got his offer, and uh, he also uh, performed at a camp in Florida uh, the last month, uh, which is where he earned a spot on the All-American Bowl uh, following that camp. So uh, he's he's been putting up some uh, impressive fall or uh, summer camp uh, on the uh, summer circuit, um, uh, which is you know exactly how he got that Michigan offer and eventually committed to Michigan. And then back on August 10th, uh, about a week ago, three-star Jeremiah Lowe, uh, joined Edmund as uh, the second cornerback commit for Michigan in this cycle. He is 5'11", 170 pounds from Lexington, Kentucky, uh, ranked 1,093 overall on the composite, number 96 at the corner position, number nine in the state of Kentucky. And you're probably thinking because of where he's ranked that this is like a like a last second offer from Steve Klinkscale to just get another guy at the position in this class to pair up with uh, Josiah Edmond. And if you're thinking that you would certainly be wrong because Clink actually offered Jeremiah Lowe back in June of 2022. So it's been well over a year has been quietly recruiting him ever since. Now, of course, guys like Aaron Scott and Bryce West were prioritized over him 
Uh, those were the top targets at the corner position in the class. Unfortunately, both of them committed to Ohio State. But uh, the fact that Plinkscale still thought highly of Jeremiah Lowe, uh, you know, over a year later after the offer, uh, you know, to accept his commitment, I think you you kind of just have to uh, accept it for what it is and and take Plinkscale's uh, keen eye for talent at the corner position. So, uh, you know, Tyler, suddenly it's it's not a huge issue. At the cornerback position, following these two commitments, I'm sure there there's still going to be some people out there that think it is a problem, just because neither of these guys are are highly regarded, highly ranked prospects. I would argue Edmund is highly regarded, even though he's only 723 on the composite. I think he has a strong case to rise in the rankings for uh, his senior season. And uh, you know, like just going back to what I said, really quick that. You know, Clink is among the very best cornerback developers in the whole country. He elevated a guy like DJ Turner into a second round pick, and he sent multiple guys to the NFL when he was the cornerbacks coach at Kentucky as well. So if there are, you know, at the end of the day, if there are only a few guys that you trust when it comes to developing and scouting on the recruiting trail, I would say Sharon Moore is probably number one with offensive linemen. Clink scale has got to be right behind him at number two with cornerback. So you just got to trust the coaching staff with these two and see how it all plays out once they get to campus. No, no, I agree a hundred percent. You know, it, it stinks to lose out on, on those two that committed to Ohio state. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you need to fill out your, <laughs> you need to fill out your recruiting class. And Michigan did that with two pretty good players. I mean, yeah, you see their three stars. And so you're like, oh, okay, these guys are afterthoughts. But at the end of the day, you know, Steve Klinkscale and, and the Michigan staff in general is very good. And I know I'm repeating myself here, but they're very good at, at bringing guys in that are three stars and turning them into second round picks or even first round picks in some cases. So I don't, you know, people that are saying that I, I Indiana is not exactly, you know, the hotbed that Florida and Texas and California and those school, you know, those states are. So um, you know, he could be an underrated player out of the state of Indiana. Who knows? We'll see what happens, you know, as time goes on. But I'll tell you one thing right now. I mean, you know, if he could do that with DJ Turner, can he do it with a guy like Josiah Edmund? I don't see why he can't. So it'll we'll, it'll be obviously a wait and see and a wait and find out. But I don't think these are afterthought guys. I think these were guys that were recruited and, and you know, they, they saw that Michigan missed out on those two that committed to Ohio State, and so they they just said, you know what, let's let's get uh, let's get these guys in the fold, and obviously those guys were on board with it as well. Yeah, I, you know, going to Edmund specifically, I I do think that he's undervalued at this point, at least as a recruiting ranking goes at seven twenty three overall. I think he's going to flourish his senior season. He's going to rise up the ranks because Andrew Ivans at twenty four seven Sports when he uh, was at the the summer camp that he performed at Andrew Ivins had considered him one of the standouts that day. I'm reading this article right now on 24 seven sports. This is the quote that he gave when it comes to uh, Josiah Edmond uh, quote, there wasn't a better looking defensive back in attendance than Edmond, at least when it came to a height, weight, speed standpoint, Edmond is long and can run. He started his prep career off as a wide receiver, but has got more and more burn at defensive back. And while the technique might still be a work in progress, the tools are there for him to emerge as a difference maker in the secondary. Now, again, that's at a camp setting. 
where he earned a spot on the All-American Bowl team uh, following that camp performance. So he didn't just impress, uh, you know, some uh, scout evaluator uh, writer from 24-7 Sports. He he impressed the All-American Bowl committee attendees who were there at the camp, earned that spot on the team, which you, they just don't hand those out like like they're candy. They, they you know, they take only the best of the best uh, in high school football to perform at the All-American Bowl. So, yeah, it, it's really encouraging that he has not shied away from competition and that he's wanted to perform on the camp circuit this summer. So you really just hope that with a strong senior season, perhaps he can sneak into four-star status uh, before he uh, steps foot on campus in Ann Arbor. Now, it, it's not like it's you know a huge deal whether he goes from a three-star to a four-star. The fact that he's I- impressing people as a three-star, I think that's good enough um, in the fact that he earned that All-American Bowl invite and uh, was was a priority for Klinkscale after he saw him camp as well. I think, and, it's, and the quote that, that stood out to me uh, within that is uh, that uh, while the technique might still be a work in progress, the tools are there for him to emerge as a difference maker in the secondary. So th- that's really the thing that Clink can teach is the technique. You can't always teach the tools or the athleticism. You can teach the technique. So if he's able to do that with a guy like Josiah Edmond, I think that's a real diamond in the rough get for Michigan. And especially after you lose those two heavy hitters on the recruiting trail to Ohio State. So um, you just hope and pray if you're a Michigan fan that he turns out to be one of the next best cornerbacks at Michigan. Um, but, uh, you know, it, obviously we're not going to know that uh, for another couple of years or so. But, uh, you know, you just hope that uh, they don't have to continuously go to the transfer portal for cornerback help every single offseason um you know they did that this offseason obviously you want to hope that there are a few guys in the room right now where you don't have to do that uh every single time but uh you know perhaps Edmund will be one of the next greats we'll see but uh you know your final thoughts on this Tyler before we wrap up uh the podcast today yeah because people always talk about a three-star but you know they they forget that you know there's still a season to go here for Josiah Edmund and he could get bumped up to a four star. And then that, now you're talking about a player that's probably top five in the state of Indiana, probably in the top 50 in cornerbacks in the country, and more than likely in the top 600 in players overall. So, uh, and that's talking about the composite for the 24 7 composite. So, I, I, that would be my. My thoughts on it, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. Yeah, you lost out on Bryce Wilson, Aaron Scott, but it is what it is that's that's the part of recruiting that that you know is tough sometimes but at the end of the day Michigan has kind of filled out this 2024 class uh fairly well I mean they're not probably where they would like to be rankings wise but uh there's still work to be done yeah there's still work to be done and there's plenty of time to get that work done um in their number six overall on the composite rankings which you know, if you ask me, I think that's pretty damn good. You got Jaden Davis yep. and all these other guys. I mean, you can't really ask for much more coming off back-to-back CFPs and Big Ten championships, especially with how slow the NIL has gone at Michigan, like we discussed earlier. So to have the number six overall class and and to have a class that is as tightly knit as this class is, I think this is one of the more well-bonded classes that I've seen 
since covering Michigan recruiting. And I started covering Michigan recruiting for the 2017 class. It's been a little bit. So, uh, you know, it's really encouraging to see. And you just hope that uh, how tight these guys are just translates to the football field once they arrive in college. So we'll we'll certainly see how all it goes. But yeah, it's uh, it's not as big of a problem at the cornerback position as it once was in this cycle. So yeah, that's, that's all we got for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, hopefully we get some more recruiting news that we can, uh, you know, come back to this podcast more regularly and, and publish this, you know, every week instead of the, uh, every other week that we've been doing uh, during the dead period. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed for some more news that we can discuss, but until then you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at SealDog91. And uh, go ahead and follow uh, Fans First Sports Network at FFSN and uh, Maze and Brew at Maze and Brew as well. We certainly appreciate all the support that you guys give all the time. So thank you very much for all of that. And thank you for tuning in today. We will be back next time with another edition of Future Blue.